Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode number 79 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara. My co-host over here has a cold, so if he sounds a little different than usual, that's why. I promise I won't rag on you. Do I sound different? (laughs) A little bit, a little bit, but that's okay. We were talking right before that I think I'm cold because of the changing of the season. So in Indiana, we have this time of the year, it's, it's where you wake up and it's winter, and then you go to work in the fall, and you get out of work in the summer. And then it's winter again. So you have like all the seasons all within a day. And that's why I get sick. My question is, is what makes you sick in Florida if you don't have fluctuating seasons? Pollen. Pollen from what? I don't know. Palm trees? I don't know. I'm a dental technician running a company. I don't know what makes us sick. All (laughs) I know is that I never get sick, unlike yourself. So I should knock on some wood, though. Yeah, I seem to be sick a lot these days. I don't know what's going yeah, on. At least you're not sick in the head. Or maybe you are. Yeah. A little quirky. Yeah. It's all right. Well, I hope everybody had a good time at the IDT Digital Denture Symposium in Atlanta. Everybody's on mm-hmm. Facebook is talking about it. It looks like a great show. So hopefully we'll get some feedback from that. Yep. I've got a bunch of people that I know that are, that are there. So with you. So we continue from last week's interview talking with removable technician turned law changer, Katie Ronaldo. This time we talk more about why and how she's going about making denturism legal in her home state of Illinois. Plus, you guys can help. It's great to hear all this grassroots efforts make a change to better the patient and to better the a technician. Join us as we continue with Katie Ronaldo. Nanoceramic is the new buzzword in full arch dentistry, and for a good reason. But what exactly is nanoceramic? If you're like me, you might be wondering. A nanoceramic is an advanced restorative material that blends ciliated glass and a polymer matrix together at the molecular or nano level. Ciliated glass drives the superior aesthetics and durability of this material and the advanced polymer fibers drive the elasticity and lifelike feel. Blended at the perfect ratio, the glass and polymer matrix creates the ideal combination of lifelike functionality and long-term durability. Crystal Ultra by Digital Dental is comprised of 70% ciliated glass and 30% advanced polymers. This 70-30 mix is the magic that makes Crystal Ultra the ideal material for full arch dentistry, creating the perfect mix of durability and high aesthetics. In combination with the semi-flexible bar structure, a Crystal Ultra-based fixed hybrid denture is the most beautiful and durable full arch restoration in the industry, period. To learn more about the future of full arch dentistry, visit crystalultra.com slash voices. Crystal Ultra, feel the difference. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. I can't 
find anything else. So I just happened to get a phone call from a man and I did go to his home in Chicago just uh, this past Wednesday and we had met. He turned 98 years old yesterday. Wow. And what an amazing man he was. And he was just a wealth of information and encouragement. And we just had a great conversation, a wonderful meeting. And he gave me a lot of background and a lot of uh, documentation on, on what the association's efforts were back in the 70s and 80s and just kind of how laboratories even service the public in general back 50 years ago in Chicago. Nowadays, that wouldn't fly. You would be quickly (laughs) apprehended and charged for treating patients. (laughs) But there was a time when it was kind of overlooked. So yeah, I've got some interesting stuff and I hope to to update our website soon. I have a lot of paperwork to go through and kind of figure that out. How the heck did a 98-year-old man learn about you? That is so cool. Let me tell you, he is still a member of the National Denturist Association at 98. And he receives their quarterly magazine and that is where he heard about me. Oh my and God. he contacted Sean Murray wow. and immediately got in touch with me. And I mean, that is the passion. That is truly the passion that drives all of this. At 98, he is just ah. as spry as a 30-year-old, you know, and he's anxious and happy to see that this is finally happening again. Oh. And... um very, very optimistic and looking forward to to seeing how this goes and hoping that it passes in Illinois. That is super neat. I'm sorry, but I think that's cool. 98-year-old man did it 50 years ago, hears about you, contacts you. I, I would like pray that it happens still in his lifetime that you're you're successful at this. That's that's really neat. I do too. It it touches my heart. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, all of our every all of our endeavors and everything that passion goes into to know somebody that started it that long ago and then picks something up and hears about you and reaches out to you. That's really a neat story. I love it. Yeah. Was he part of the initial legislation to get it passed? Yes, he was. From what I understand, his adventure was a little different than mine. Um, they had a representative that really got them right in and got this to vote right away. In our case, we we don't have any interconnections. Um, So this is very grassroots and it's going to be a lot of work and it's going to be finding the right representative. But at the, you know, we don't have the personal connection with um, a representative like he did at the time. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. I suggest going after a representative that's got an old parent wearing dentures and you can show to them and then hit it where it hurts. Go for their parents. It works every time. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great suggestion. (laughs) You know what? It's not a bad suggestion, Elvis. That's really smart because you'll get the passion in them and maybe they'll uh, cut their fees down from 20 to 10 or something a little more feasible. So what's next? Okay, so right now, um, as I mentioned, we I do have a couple of fundraisers started. Uh, GoFundMe, you can um, search for Illinois Denturist Association. We have a goal right now of $10,000. 
Also on Facebook, I have a fundraiser. I think that runs through the first week of August, and I'm my, I have a goal mm-hmm. set at two thousand dollars. We're looking to really just start gathering funds and members. We want people to join. It's a hundred and seventy dollars per year, and I believe that's due the first of January every year. By joining either the NDA or the Illinois Gen- Denturist Association, the IDA. Uh, your dues of $170 will get some minimal perks as far as uh, receiving the NDA's quarterly magazine, but you'll also get updates on events and plannings with both the associations. It'll also go towards our efforts, our legal efforts with hiring a lobbyist, um, getting the word out to the general public, whether that's um, holding events or creating flyers. So, you know, all in all, your dues and your donations are really just helping fund us to get this going and get this legalized in the future. Yeah, because we all know none of this stuff comes for free, unfortunately. No, it doesn't. So if you have a rich uncle, you know, go ahead and give him a call. Tell him what we're doing. (laughs) You can follow us on Facebook at uh, Dentrism for Illinois. And also our website, which is IllinoisDenturist.com. And we we keep a lot of information on there. We recently had a informational picnic uh, in June. We hosted it out here in corn country, so we didn't have a lot of people show up. If anyone is interested in joining the Illinois Denturist Association or giving a monetary donation to help our efforts, you can write a check IDA or the NDA, the National Denturist Association. Um, you can mail them uh, to P.O. Box 1413, LaSalle, Illinois, and that is zip code 61301. Um, you can also uh, find more information on our website at IllinoisDenturist.com. And um, right now we also have a GoFundMe happening right now, which you can also find the link to that and plenty of information on our website. Awesome, Katie. Do you have to live in Illinois to be a member? No, you do not. Actually, no. Anyone from any state who wants to support these efforts can join. Now, if and when we do legalize denturism in Illinois, you know, it would benefit maybe surrounding states. We have five states surrounding Illinois, and if you're close to the border and this is something you're interested in and possibly a future career, Um, you know, relocating to Illinois would not be, you know, much of a problem for people in surrounding states. So if you're in Indiana or Wisconsin, Kentucky, Missouri, you know, whatever, if you're interested, come see what we're all about. It could benefit you in the future. All those states are about the same. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? We all have cornfields. <laughs> Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin. Gotcha. Yeah, I was making a bad joke. Sorry. All right. Sorry. All right. All right. I wanted to um, correct myself if you want to put this in that I wasn't trying to belittle or be negative to accepting insurance. Um, I just I just know that, you know, cash is king and it's easier that way. But I think to make it more um, official you know, being able to accept insurance and and do all of those things that I know that others that we are advocating for. So please don't take my comment negatively. Hopefully, um, Elvis, you can put that in or take that out. Um, but I don't want to look at sure. anything like I said it in a negative manner. Oh, no, not not at all. I didn't take it that way at all. 
Okay, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. And- I take everything you say as negative. <laughs> I just know it makes things a little a little harder, but you know, there's a lot of people out there that can't afford the care yes. without insurance. I just know that for us as an industry, dealing with insurance and especially dentists and now denturism, you know, dealing with insurance probably makes it a little more high maintenance, and um, you probably have to have a bigger staff um, to deal with that aspect of insurance. So, just wanted some clarity there. We've had denturists on the program before, and they kind of explained the benefits to seeing a denturist over a patient seeing a dentist. From your perspective and your reasoning on why you want to make it legal, what are you hoping to provide to a patient more than they can get going to see their regular dentist? So here, here is what I've noticed. And I think one of your questions, Elvis, as well, was if you want to ask me this formally, um, how dentists, you know, support or oppose this, you know, what I've noticed from talking to dentists since I've been working in corporate dentistry, I, I typically work with a single dentist every day. You know, we have our regular staff. He is phenomenal, but the amount of denture patients we see in this corporation, you know, dental school and programs for assisting and hygiene, they really do not cover removable prosthetics hardly at all. I've worked with so many assistants who say, you know, yeah, we cover a chapter in it, but I really don't know anything about it. Mm. Um, even dentists say we cover very minimal in dental school. And and I think we, we've all known working in labs for years that the dentists typically rely on guidance from the laboratory when it comes to denture and partial. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think with social media, You know, like I said, I've been doing this for 17 years. I've been on social media for about 10. And I just see the frustration and the um, lack of communication that is so important and so critical between the dentist and the laboratory. And when you think about it, you know, the lab technician is completely blind to, to what is going on in the operatory chair with the patient. They're blind to what the doctor is seeing. Um, Communication is just very brief written prescription. Um, I can't say that many doctors really send out photographs or detailed instructions. They really rely on the lab to make the best call. And when it comes down to a denture not working out, I think there, there tends to be a struggle between the lab and the dentist and why did this uh, mistake happen and who's going to stand behind it? And, you know, therein lies the fight. (laughs) Patient gets an awful denture and the dentist wants it remade, but maybe didn't give accurate models or bite registration. The lab says, hey, I'm working with what you're giving me. And, And it's just in the end, the patient really, really loses. They pay thousands of dollars for dentures that wow. a lot of times don't fit properly or don't function properly. Lab technicians are so experienced. I mean, we do an amazing job, don't we, at working blindly oh, yeah. to, to create, whether it's a crown, bridge, dentures or partials. I mean, we really work blindly to create that. Um, it's artistry and science combined. And 
becoming a denturist, you know, obviously you have all your years of experience in the lab and, and hopefully like some of us, like myself, have a little bit more clinical knowledge than just working in a large lab. But there are denturist schools in America. There's two in America and two in Canada um, that I know of. And they're accredited schools. Uh, they provide the education and the clinical hours to doing this and working with patients. And just saying from my, from my viewpoint, working in an in-house lab and being involved with the patients, it, it's just eye-opening. You can go in and see immediately when a bite is off or the midline is off, um, the patient's having trouble with whatever, you know, you can make those adjustments right there while they wait. I mean, you're seeing everything firsthand and working in a laboratory where you don't have that exposure. I mean, you're just working on a whim and a prayer. Absolutely. <laughs> Not always an educational whim and a prayer, but you don't understand <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> yes, I understand exactly what you mean. And I like the way you say it. I'm always amazed when removable technicians can do full arch setups off of edentulous models that come into the lab with no reference point of facial, lip, eyes, any of that. And they go to seat and they're, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful. You know, I'm not a removable technician. I don't understand how that happens, but it's, it's a gift. It's more than just magic. I'll tell you that. <laughs> No, I think it's just magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's the thing, too. If you're not instructed exactly what that dentist wants, yep. you're just kind of shooting in thin air and making your best educated guess. Oh, we get edentulous models and then A2. That's it. Yes, exactly. But when you get to see that patient, I've had patients before where, you know, from what I can see from the model, this is very average. And Mm -hmm. I'll walk in to meet a patient and and say it could be a woman who's middle-aged in her 40s, and she's extremely tiny, tiny framed woman, tiny face. I don't know any of this by the look of her models. But to meet her in person and to realize like, hey, you know what? I don't carry a tooth that small in the lab. I, I'm going to special order something for you mm. um, to, to really look at someone's size and structure and their face and to see that crooked nose or mm-hmm. crooked lip and to really work with them and, and explain things to them. Even patients themselves, you know, they come into an office expecting yeah. that the doctor and the assistants will guide every step of the process. They come in not knowing what they want from their dentures. They come in not knowing what to expect. And they, they really need to be prompted and guided. You know, what are your concerns? What, what's your concern with your current denture? And if those questions aren't being asked, I mean, we're really just failing them completely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the denturist like I said, it, it's a passion. It is a love for dentures. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's a work of art. Oh, yeah. and, and we love to be able to see our art and someone smile. And we want them to feel confident in the products that they're getting and the services they're getting. You know, every patient should 
feel completely taken care of and that, uh, you know, every aspect is ventured, every question is asked. And I really don't think they they get that from the standard care in a dental office. Yeah. The, the education and the experience with it, it just isn't there. And I think that dentures in general just are not as lucrative for dentists as safe implants or fixed prosthetics. And I've talked to so many younger dentists who I've met through this corporation who kind of come in to onboard or fill in from time to time. And they're all very admitting that the lack of it, there's a lack of education with removables in dental school. And quite honestly, they don't really want to do them. So sometimes I think in talking to some of these dentists, I see that it's not really the dentists themselves who are against denturists, but it's more the administration and the ADA. And I think that's kind of just securing that control. And, you know, they say it's it's not in the best interest for a patient to see a denturist, but we've seen in these states where it's legal just the tremendous success, the harmony between dentist and denturist. Even countries like Canada and Australia, where it is legal, people really benefit by having this option. And and if they choose not to, if they choose to, choose to go to their family dentist for their dentures and work with a the lab, there's fabulous dentists out there. And there's wonderful labs out there who are very, very competent. I just think in general, the lack of education is is where I'm really seeing this need this need for that interpersonal relationship and experience from a denture technician. I agree. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, you're pretty young for a denture removable technician, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Um, I think it's great they're getting the word out there about this so that more people will hopefully hear about it and join our industry and want to do and want to be a removable technician because, you know, I'm in Florida, Tampa, and, you know, to be honest, it's really difficult nowadays to find a highly skilled removable technician So I'm hoping that you're going to get the word out to the industry and more of the younger generation opt in. You know, I think you're right. And I think that the even dental technology programs seem to be more scarce these days than they ever were before. Small dental labs are shutting down. They're being bought out by bigger companies. You know, everyone thinks dentures are going to go digital real soon, but um, which they have had great success. But I. I do think that having that personal service with someone who can who has the art and the craft for making dentures the good old fashioned way um, is still going to be a necessity for a long time to come. I agree. And and a lot of it, I think, comes into dentists. They just don't do enough of them to get good at them. Mm-hmm. It really takes practice, practice, practice. You got to do a lot of them before you're really getting good at it. And if you only see, I've been to so many offices where they're, when I ask them about removable, they're, oh, I do one about a month. You're not going to yeah. get any good, you know? And can I, can I add to that, Elvis? And, yeah. and I don't mean anything against these corp, the corporations who specialize in dentures, but that lack of education really shows when it comes to dental assisting and dental programs in general. I've had to basically train every assistant I've worked with, I mean, really how to understand dentures and identify problems and identify what I need in an impression. Mm -hmm. 
when the bite registration is off. It's constant education and they're very, very unprepared. And, and we're talking about corporations that deal with denture patients all day, every day yeah. and still feel and I still feel like we're not providing the best that we could. I wish that I was involved with every patient and I maybe see one or two a day out of yeah. probably 10. And and when we talk about that, too, as far as corporations go, you know, I, I've said the same thing to the doctors or the um, management that I work with. We've talked about hiring a, an assistant or an associate doctor in our office. And I, you know, we've talked about dentrism. Wouldn't it be great if you could have just a, a lab technician and a denturist in this office and let doctors see, you know, more productive and um, procedure work and let the denturist see these patients who are coming for their permanent partials and dentures or even doing adjustments and soft liners and, and working with patients who have just had their teeth removed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just seems like it would be beneficial to to the corporate world as well as, you know, the relationship between dentist and denturist. And the patient. <laughs> and the patient. <laughs> exactly. Yes, absolutely. If the patients knew how much uh, the technological world or the technologist world um, thinks and feels about them, they'd probably be really surprised. You know, we're always the people in the back and center, um, yet we are so emotionally connected as an industry mm-hmm. and as um, technicians personally. So, I, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. I love it. I love the endeavor going on. I wish you the best of success. And, um, I just, I'm really impressed by you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you too. I I appreciate it. And I really appreciate what you two are doing with this podcast, giving a platform and giving a voice to share this with, with lab technicians, you know, whether fixed or removable all over the country. It's amazing. I appreciate that. And you're quite the blessing. Thank you. Quite the blessing to us right now. It's uh, Elvis is a great child. I got lucky and I'm really enjoying it. And we, we get to meet people like you um, weekly. And it just seems like, you know, your story of your mom going by the, <laughs> the um, lab and, you know, turning you on to you know, this industry. It seems like everybody that we talk to either fell in it through a family member or, you know, somehow um, got into the industry in similar ways. And we all love it. So it's, it's, it's just, it's a story that needs to be told. Yes, I agree. You know, it, it's funny. I, you always hear from dentist the opposition they're getting from dentist, but you don't hear about them getting opposition from dental technicians. Cause I mean, technically if denturism spread, Less work would be going to laboratories because you guys would be doing more work in-house. But honestly, I see it as a benefit because who's becoming denturist are laboratory technicians. And for that, I see it being a good thing because dental technicians are able to grow upon their skills and create a better life for themselves. I agree. Yes, absolutely. I don't think that the dentist laboratory relationship is really going to be hurt by this at all. It's it's still going to survive. Yeah, I agree. It always will. Yeah. Well, Katie, I appreciate you coming on, telling your story, talking about your passion, talking about your fight. We will be sure to collect all the links from you when this thing airs 
so we can send them out to everybody. And I encourage everybody within our industry to support this because all we're doing is supporting technicians doing better and the patients getting a better product. Awesome. You said it perfectly, Elvis. He actually meant we because he, he doesn't get used to the word we, but we. <laughs> just I thought I said we. It's a solo project, but it's not. I'm here. <laughs> I'm just joking. He knows I love him. <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much, Katie. I appreciate it. Thank you, too, guys. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Katie. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. If you've ever researched 3D printers, you've most certainly heard of Asiga. The Australian company produces the popular Asiga DLP printers, which cover all dental laboratory printing needs from low to high volume manufacturing. The dependable and popular Asiga Max has proven itself as an affordable yet super accurate workhorse printer that is extremely fast, consistently accurate, and truly affordable. There are two versions of these tabletop printers, the Max UV and the recently introduced Max LCD entry-level version, which introduces single-handed print removal, a touchscreen interface, and the ability to switch materials in less than 30 seconds with no calibration needed. The larger Pro Series printers serve the high production needs of some laboratories. The Pro 4K features the latest DLP imaging technology and the largest build platform in the Asiga printer line. The Pro HD model is another large format printer with high speed, a touchscreen display, and a CNC machine calibration assembly for consistent, repeatable results. 3D printing is growing fast, and if you're growing with it, make sure you're printing with fast, affordable, and proven dependability. Asiga 3D Printers from Whitmix. Katie, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show and talking about what you're so passionate about. We encourage that if anyone sees the importance of this cause, to head over to the episode show notes for a link to her website. Most of what she needs at this time is money. Think about it, people. If denturism is legal, that is better care available for patients. And most denturists use a technician for at least some of the work. So if there's more denturists, that equals more work for labs. But ultimately, it's the patient that benefits from better and more accessible care. I honestly don't see a reason why it should not be legal. Ever since the last episode on our Facebook page, there was someone who didn't quite like the idea of denturism becoming legal in Illinois. I offered on the Facebook for that person to come on the podcast because we want to offer a platform for anyone in our industry to come on and to talk about what they're passionate about even if some people don't agree with it. You know, guys, not everybody's going to agree with everything that we put out, but it's an equal opportunity podcast, and we want to hear from all sides. So please get in touch with us if you agree or if you don't agree, and come on the air and tell us your opinions. Absolutely. If you think about it, most ideas hit with some resistance, even though if they become good for everybody. Yep. If you have a passion or a counterpoint to one of our guests, come on the podcast and we can talk about it and you too can share your point of view. Just reach out to us at info at voicesfromthebench.com. Be kind. Don't rag on us too much. We enjoy hearing from you.
Either way. If you're going to make fun of anybody, make fun of me. (laughs) So next week, please go see my co-host Elvis and the podcast at Whip Mix's Digital Forum. I'll be in Napa Valley, California with my girlfriend celebrating my birthday. So Elvis is going to be solo again. Bernie and Al were on a few weeks ago talking about it. Unfortunately, it is sold out. But we do expect a full house of attendees and speakers wanting to come on the podcast. So come visit Elvis. And we can't wait to release what we get out there. Elvis, you're going to do great. I miss you. Sorry. If there's one thing I learned from the Marketing Summit last week is it's not as good if you're not there. I find it very intimidating to be the only one to come up with all the questions. But you know what? It was still good. And we'll catch them the week after. Yep. Because we're both going to be at Lab Day East. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, we are. We can't wait. So make sure you come by our booth at the front of the exhibit hall to get on the podcast. And we'll be talking to just about anyone about everything. So that's October 12th in Philadelphia. Make sure you stop by and say hello. And by the way, thank you, LMT and Judy Fishman, for all your support for our podcast. You've been amazing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, super looking forward to that show. I love Lab Days. I've never experienced mm-hmm anyone except for chicago and i can't wait to feel the vibe out east sweet see you there all right everybody that's all we got we'll talk to you next week bye stop yourself